This episode is made possible by Armoire. I love genius companies founded by women, and Armoire is one of them. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days, and then when you're ready for new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. To me, Armoire Armoire solves so many issues I struggle with today, the biggest one being accumulation of stuff. Let's face it, women want to feel on trend and fresh in their clothes, so we like to shop for new clothes often. But I also get overwhelmed when I have too much to choose from, which happens after years of shopping. I forget what clothes I have and I end up wearing the same thing over and over. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion and then send it back. Whether you're planning your outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to brave a department store fitting room with those unflattering fluorescent lights again. Trust me, your overly cramped closet and the environment will thank you. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash heel. That's A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash heel to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the HEAL Podcast. I'm Kelly Noonan-Gorris, and every week I speak to the leading doctors, healers, spiritual teachers, and scientists to find out what is truly possible when it comes to healing. I also interview real people with extraordinary healing stories. My philosophy is, what's possible for one is possible for all. And I've discovered on my journey that so much more is possible than we can begin to imagine. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Heal Podcast. Today, I have one of my favorite humans on planet Earth sitting next to me to talk about one of my favorite topics. Um, Dr. Joe Dispenza is here live in studio. <laughs> Woo! Um, <laughs> I recently had the pleasure, if you listen to the solo episode, of attending finally one of your advanced week long retreats in Cancun in June. And boy, was my mind blown, literally and figuratively. So we're here to talk about my experience today. 
about the, your latest and greatest in the work, all the scientific research and new data that is coming out that is just, I don't know, has the potential to change humanity as we know it. Uh, so thank you for coming. Oh, I'm so happy to be with you, Kelly. Yay. Um, all right. Well, Joe, Joe Dispenza, everybody knows who you are. Uh, if you don't, look him up. Go to a retreat. But um, the advanced week long, I texted you out of the blue on a whim. I got this intuitive hit because I was talking with a bunch of people, in a small group of people, and they're just obsessed with you and your work. And it's changed their lives. And they wanted access to you, but they weren't, they didn't want to go to this big event or they were trying to go and they couldn't get in because they sell out in a matter of seconds. Um, and so I was like, Hey, maybe we could arrange, you know, organize like a 50 person, you know, three day thing. I was just fantasizing and you're like, great, happy to talk about it. You need to come to a week long. So you really understand what I do. And I was like, but Joe, I understand what you do. I, I live, eat and breathe your work. You wrote the forward to my book and boy, was I, you were right and I was wrong. So, <laughs> well, look, I mean, I mean, it's like trying to explain what, what a mango tastes like. You just got to experience it. Right. So, so I wanted you to come because I thought that it would, it would make total sense to you. And I thought you would have a great time. So, yeah. And it did, yeah. it did. And I think the gist is, um, you know, the process of becoming, you say the process of becoming is, is the process of overcoming sure. you, yeah, right? Is yeah. that, how do you say it more articulately? Well, I mean, I think, you know, if you, if you look at the process of change, you know, the, the hardest part we have about change is not making the same exact choice, right? That's, that's puts us in the unknown, right? So, so I think when people really start the process of change, the, they're going inward and they're reviewing how they're thinking, they're paying attention to how they're behaving, how they've been behaving, they're noticing how they're feeling. And the act of becoming conscious of those unconscious programs is such an important part of change because that 95% of who we are, which has been programmed subconsciously, is the default. And it's seamless. And we return back to the same personality. And that personality is connected to that exact personal reality, right? So. So when people do the work and they start meditation and they sit down and they close their eyes and that's the model that we use. Now the moment they hear the voice, I can't, it's too hard, I got too many things to do, I'm thinking about this person, uh, your body wants to get up and do the things that you're habituated to do, all of a sudden you start feeling agitated, you start feeling impatient, uh, you start feeling frustrated. And people actually think that they're doing their meditation wrong. And the truth is they're actually doing it right. And because they have to come up against those unconscious processes and be so, become so conscious that they don't go unconscious to them in their waking day. And that's the first step to change. So, so when you're sitting in a meditation and you hear your, that voice that says, you know, quit, you know, you're not good at this, I need a brain scan, there's something wrong with me, you know, all that. Or you feel those emotions or your body's programmed to get up and you to do something and you settle your body back down into the present moment, that's actually a victory. Uh, you're taming the animal self, right? And, and so the, that process of overcoming, as tedious as it may seem in the beginning, if you're left with yourself, sooner or later you're going to want to stop doing that, right? And how many times do we have to forget until we stop forgetting and start remembering? That's the moment of change. So the overcoming process then is actually the becoming process because you're no longer that same personality and naturally you begin to think differently, you begin to act differently, you begin to feel differently and your biology actually changes as a result of it because you're changing. 
And the way you you laid out the course of the week on these advanced week longs is genius because you are we're sitting and practicing meditation for these long, tedious hours. There's not much time to sleep or eat or do anything that we're habituated to do. So you're just you're constantly being on this edge of of, of discomfort. And then you layer in these lectures of meaning and you do it in a way that like you know, it's 101 day one, 201 day two, and you're just layering on this meaning so people understand what's going on in their body, what's going on in the relationship to the quantum field, mm-hmm. how we're creating. And so it's like practice meets deepening meaning, meets full integration, and it's wild. And I remember the first day, that, so we, we get there, we maybe do one meditation at night, the next morning we get up at like 6 a.m., we get into the hall, there's 2,000 people, and just the first meditation at you know, 6.30 or 7.30 a.m. And I don't know how long it was, but I was like, holy shit, there's five more days of this or six. Like, <laughs> I was like, it was so difficult just yeah. to sit there. And yeah. I've, I've been doing your meditations for years, you know, yeah. 45 minutes, 55 minute long meditations. So it is that overcoming and, and the, you know, and you say there's no bad meditations. It's really that taming of the animal and staying in the present moment, finding that present that's moment. That's the unknown, by that's the way. That's the unknown, yeah, and that's, that's where unknown. change is possible. Yeah. And but we're programmed to fear the unknown. That's where the danger, that's where the threat, that's where the trauma, you know, typically is. So, so we, we believe that if you give people sound scientific information, and science is the contemporary language that we like to do use, and we like to combine different areas of science, quantum physics, neuroscience, uh, neuroendocrinology, psychoneuroimmunology, you know, the mind-body connection, epigenetics, electromagnetism. We discovered that if people learn that information, it's not enough for them to just hear it. They actually have to repeat it back to one another. And the, re- the repetition of that information starts to build models of understanding, and you're installing neurological hardware in your brain. So nerve cells that fire together, wire together, you're more prone to remember what you're doing and why you're doing it so the application, the how gets easier. And when the how gets easier, you assign meaning to the act. And when you do that, you switch on your prefrontal cortex and you're now interested in a greater outcome. So that is exactly what we work on with people, that, that, that they have to really understand the what and the why. This is not a sterile full day of sitting in silence. There's, you're executing, you're executing based on the, the science that we've discovered in studying, you know, human biology and, and the nervous system. We understand kind of like how to demystify it into a simple formula. So then you gotta practice over and over again and just like breaking a habit, you gotta just keep staying with it and it's uncomfortable in the beginning. And then somewhere around the second day or the third day, people start letting go, they start changing, they start, they start overcoming the, the, you know, the, the voice that was saying, give up, quit, go home, is much softer. It's not there, it's not as loud, right? And, and so they're more prone to stay in the present moment. They're, they're overcoming their fear, they're overcoming their anxiety, their anger, their suffering, their pain, their, you know, all the emotions. And we're not just asking them to sit there, we're asking them to do something, to, to execute what you've just learned in some way based on the data that we have. And I'm not saying it. Is actually the data that's saying it. So follow the trend and see if you could actually get somewhere. And it's an immersion. It's a full-on immersive process. Seven days to really immerse yourself in information and use that information for transformation. And we don't do meditations uh, for any other reasons but to change. <laughs> and when we change, our life changes. Oh, my goodness. So let's get into some of the data that you're like. So you are 
the background of, of why you started to measure some of these things in the university that you're working with, just tell us about this whole new frontier that you're able to demonstrate. Well, look, I mean, I never planned on doing any of this. <laughs> I mean, um, I think people started asking, how do you do it? You know, and so in the first couple of years that we were teaching seminars, we didn't see much changes. I mean, people felt better at the end of a two-day event or they, they were more, you know, greater sense of well-being or energy, but we weren't seeing remissions from diseases. We weren't seeing any, you know, small changes. And then somewhere after about two years, everything started to change. And we started seeing people, you know, stepping out of wheelchairs or uh, people with strokes, uh, moving their limbs again. These are things that I just never anticipated. And when I saw that that was occurring in real time during a meditation or an inward process, I started to think we got to start measuring. We really have to start looking to see what's going on in their brains, what's going on in their hearts, what's going on in their biology, their immune system, their gene expression. Could we begin to see that if people can really transform and when they do, is their, is their brain working better? Is their heart working better? Can we teach people how to make their brains work better? Um, can they change their gene expression? You know, can they change their protein production? Can they change their hormonal levels? Uh, can they strengthen their immune system by trading certain emotions for different emotions? And we, we started on this journey, and uh, we started discovering some really profound things. The testimonials that started to occur at our events when we saw these changes taking place in four days caused me to think, okay, four days is great, but what about seven days? And what if we went seven days and people are just breaking through? What if we just added some more content and just extend it? People could really retreat from their lives fully. And so in the seven-day events, then, um, the testimonials were just things that I just considered that I would never see in my life. And, and these are people with stage four cancers going into remission that have metastasized to their bones, to their organs, uh, to their brain, um, you know, um, lesions and tumors in the brain and breasts uh, in different parts of the body, ALS, lupus, um, Parkinson's disease, blindness, deafness, uh, stroke patients, uh, fully full, uh, returning of, of mobility in their limbs, rare genetic disorders that we just, medical science had no solution for, uh, just complete recoveries. And you're basically looking at the four-minute mile. And so I think a lot of the scientific-minded people in our community and some of the physicians, in fact, one of the physicians, just kind of got in my face and said, we really now have to do some really serious measurements. Like, he saw somebody with uh, stage four cancer on the stage with no sign of cancer anywhere in her body any longer, and he was blown away. And so then he uh, is a fellow at UCSD, University of California, San Diego, and we just started working with that university, and we've done just so many extensive measurements on, is it possible really to change in seven days? And the answer is really good news. It actually is. Wow. Yeah. I mean, how did you, we all saw your story in HEAL. Um, you kind of did this process in yourself way back when to heal your spine. But you, you, know, you talk about how you're fascinated with the mystical because in this exploration of you and your own instrument and meditation, you've touched the mystical, you've touched source. And that was one of the mind blowing, heart opening remembrances that I had during the retreat is just this mm. connection to source. Yeah. And that, you know, I had this awareness that we we have to forget that we are pieces of divine in order to come into this 3D reality in our human physical meat suits, 
Um, and then the process of whatever we chose to come into this life to do is the process of remembering that sure. we are pieces of divine. And I was like, whoa, I'm here in Cancun in June and I'm remembering that I'm divine. Like, yeah. lucky me, you know? Yeah. And all like the work just makes you so grateful. You blast open your heart through this coherent process, coherence, and just makes you want to give. It's so wild. Yeah. But how did you, are you like a, how did, did you channel this program? <laughs> no. How did you develop this? No, gosh. Um, no. Um, so I think the mystical is anything that is unknown, right? I think, I think that the truth is, the, the only truth is oneness, right? In order for us to really find out if there's anything else but oneness, we have to become separate from it. So we have to forget that we're oneness in order to have this experience, right? To answer the question, is there anything else but oneness? And that remembering process is the awakening process. And it's a change in awareness. It's a change in energy. It's a change in frequency. It's a change in everything. Um, and it just happens to be this immaterial field of energy that exists beyond our senses. And, and we perceive less than 1% of reality. You know, and we can't exclude ourselves. Uh, from that equation, which means there's an unknown self that has forgotten so many things and so many experiences that uh, that await us that are not familiar and known in, in the 3D world, right? So that are beyond our senses. And so the mystical means the unknown. <laughs> That's exactly what it means. So when you're taking all of your attention off all the people in your life, you're taking all the attention off your cell phone, all the things you own, your possessions, all the places you need to be, the feelings, the sensations in your body, you're not eating, you're not smelling, you're not tasting, you're not feeling, you're not experiencing, uh, you're not seeing. Your, your inner world tends to be more real than your outer world. And we discovered when we asked people to take their awareness off of everything physical and material, off of everything known, how we kind of narrow our focus on everything material, and actually do the opposite, just broaden their focus and put it on energy and frequency. We started to notice the act of doing that caused people to cause their brain to fire in more order, more coherence. And when we live typically by the hormones of stress, our brain is really incoherent because we're trying to control and predict everything in our life. So we're shifting our attention to all the known aspects of our life, the people, the objects, the things, the places. Every one of those elements has a neurological network in the brain. So the arousal of the stress hormones and the shifting of our attention causes the brain to fire in compartments. It modulates. And it, when, when that's happening, there's very little continuity that's taking place in the brain. So, and we overfocus. We obsess. And we narrow our focus. We become overfocused on things. So when we broaden our awareness and focus on nothing, the act of sensing, the act of feeling, causes us to suppress our analytical mind, our thinking mind. And that's what allows us to begin to get beyond those programs where we can actually begin to reprogram. So the act of sensing space causes the brain to move into a creative state and those different compartments of the brain start unifying. They start synchronizing. And what sinks in the brain links in the brain. So we started seeing people doing this in real time during their meditation. We saw their brains getting better, you know, really changing for the better. So we kept doing it. And all of a sudden, some people could relax so much that they would actually fall into a light sleep while they were still awake and conscious. And that's kind of a theta brainwave state. And that's when the door between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind is wide open. It's suggestible mm -hmm. to information, right? And suggestibility is your ability to accept, believe, and surrender to information without analyzing it. That's what actually programs the subconscious to begin to turn on the autonomic nervous system to comply with a pharmacy of chemicals and circuitry and everything else automatically. So 
<clears throat> the person sitting in theta, and all of a sudden, we start seeing um, this immediate arousal that takes place in the nervous system. Like, they, they're suggestible to information, but their eyes are closed. It's like theta is a hypnotic state. That's what a hypnotist does. It puts a person in theta so they can program to do anything, right? So, but the person's got their eyes closed. They're not interacting with the outer world. They're not, the music's drowning the space. You know, they're, they're not tasting, they're not feeling, they're not smelling. And they're suggestible to information. If their brain is coherent, there's only one other place we gain information from, and that's frequency. All frequency carries information. So if you dial down the mechanism, the thinking brain, all of a sudden this person moves into these very high states of gamma brainwave states. Now, now, when I say high states, I mean way, way, way outside of normal. And we start seeing this over and over again. And the brain was firing in coherent, high gamma states. And when that occurred, we saw many times an instantaneous biological upgrade that took place in the person's body. They were connecting. When we saw that, we would ask them, what in the world happened to you? Because something happened and they had a very profound subjective experience. Now, if they told me that at a restaurant, I'd be like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe she's telling the truth. But when I see the brain scale, I know that that person can't make their brain do that. Mm -hmm. That something's happening to them and the connection produces this kind of elevated state, this kind of arousal. But the arousal is not fear, the arousal is not pain, the arousal is not aggression or anger, the arousal is ecstasy. It's euphoria, it's bliss, it's connection, it's love, whatever they want. There's no word to actually describe what that is, but it is a remembering. There is a, oh my God, I forgot this. Mm. I like you're remembering something. So we start seeing that happening over and over again, and the person would get up and the eczema would be gone, or the myasthenia gravis would be gone, or the MS would be much better, the, the muscular dystrophy, uh, would be changed, uh, you know, we started seeing that the person had an immediate biological upgrade. So the amount of gamma that was taking place in their limbic brain, the seat of the autonomic nervous system, was so elevated. And it was sending information, signals to every cell in that person's body, and the body was being lifted by light. So we thought, what if we, we trapped the plasma of these people that have these aroused states? You know, what if we just looked at blood? So. We worked with UCSD and we, we evaluated uh, a group of people before the event. We took their blood and they went through seven days and at the end of the event, we measured their blood again and we were measuring their brains just to see if they had these elegant moments. And we just hit gold. And when we started measuring the blood, there were so many factors. And we're talking about, we're measuring almost 3,000 different metabolites in the blood, just in the plasma. We're seeing novice meditators, people who really didn't quite know if they really were in or not. You know, they kind of practiced, but, but you know, not fully in. Maybe had some doubts, were skeptical. We saw novice meditators that really hadn't meditated much immerse themselves in seven days, and their plasma had thousands of metabolites that were upregulated in their blood to suggest that they were actually living in a different environment, and they were in a ballroom. In a ballroom, there's nothing exciting. In a ballroom, I've seen thousands of them. It's just a ballroom. <laughs> but yet, they're upregulating chemicals in their biology that wasn't there before the event. And they're not eating anything. They're not changing their diet. They're not doing any, any, anything other than an inward process. And I keep asking the scientists, where are those chemicals coming from, right? 
So thousands of metabolites being released to suggest that the person's living in a whole new life. And the novice meditators, blood looked like advanced meditators at the end of seven days. So there's information in the blood that wasn't there before that they must be connecting to that must be frequency or energy, okay? Take that blood of those people that have those elevated states and you take a, a, a pseudovirus that looks like uh, SARS-CoV-2. And we did this experiment and we just published our paper on it. The plasma of those advanced meditators, for some reason, if you put the, the pseudovirus in the plasma, it will not enter the cell. It will not enter the cell. The cell is greater than the environment. And so we isolated a protein that the body actually genetically manufactures that inhibits the spike protein from entering the cell. They, we have the electron microscopy. It's stuck on the outside of the cell. And so <laughs> we take the plasma of those advanced meditators, we put it in the presence of cancer cells, whether it's uterine cancer cells, that's where we started. Uh, but we've done pancreatic cancer cells, all different types of cancer cells. And 70% of the mitochondrial function in the cancer cell is diminished. Now, the mitochondria are the cell's energy packets, right? So 70% of the energy in the cancer cells is being diminished, and there's information in the blood that's somehow anti-carcinogenic, right? And so cancer cells love to multiply. They love to move. And so now the energy to multiply and move is diminished. We take the plasma and we put it in the presence of uh, uh, an Alzheimer gene, that, and it, and it downregulates. It shuts that gene off, right? So uh, somehow their connection to energy and information and frequency and the emotional experience, the elevated state that they feel and the profound experience that they have somehow is having an effect on the person's biology almost instantaneously, and somehow energy is informing matter, right? So... <laughs> We discovered, like, take a microbiome. We've done the largest microbiome uh, study in the world. We have, we're just, I was just talking to one of the scientists, uh, and uh, we're, we're going to publish the data. And the, the data that, I mean, to change your microbiome, right, in seven days, uh, you know, you usually have to take probiotics. Yeah, you got to stop. bottle that up? Yeah, yeah, you got to stop eating certain foods. You can't have wine. You got to do all these things. You got to do all this, take all this probiotics. You got to do all this stuff, right? And matter to matter, maybe 60 days, 90 days, you may see a change in the microbiome. Well, in seven days, you're seeing dramatic changes in phylum, um, uh, all the way down to species of microbes that are really progenerative in the body. And I said to the scientists over uh, when we were in Vienna just last month, I said, what do you think that is? Because there's so many really great things, dramatic changes in the microbiome. He was like, hmm, I don't know what would be causing that. And one of the other... A scientist said, they're just not the same people. Oh, I just thought that's brilliant. The same people have the same mi microbiome. You're a different person, you have a different microbiome. Like the person's not the same person, right? Mm. So we see these dramatic changes in the microbiome. Um, we've seen uh, great changes in, in brain scan function, just, and, and we work a lot with creating brain and heart coherence. And the more relaxed you get into your heart, somehow the more energy moves to your brain. And like the heart is like a springboard for that to happen. Heart, the creative center, is informing the brain to move out of stress, move out of survival, and it's safe to create, right? So we practice doing this kind of thing Well, you've experienced it. And we start seeing people so relaxed and their brain is so aroused in, in these gamma states that they're really relaxed and awake instead of stressed out 
unconscious and living in a program. So now we're discovering that you can actually use the power of just an intention to signal your autonomic nervous system to make the exact pharmacy of chemicals equal to whatever that intention is. That's insane. That's insane. That's how powerful well, you know, we really are. So we're doing all this, these crazy studies because I do believe that we are greater than we think and more powerful than we know and more unlimited than we can ever dream. So I'm super excited about it because, because the, um, the, the, a drug study is about 25% at its best cause and effect. You know, one out of four people, usually 60, 90 days a year drug trial. So if you look at our data, you have uh, all these people from all over the world with their own genotype, right? Their own, everybody has their own genotype, right? But at the end of seven days, they're all making the same proteins. And that means they're signaling the same genes. And 77% of the population, there's an emergent change in their biology, right? The flock, the herd, wow. right? The, the school is the, the, the tribe. Culturally is somehow evolving together. And we discover that people change people. So our data is somewhere between 77 and 100%. So that tells me that the nervous system is the greatest pharmacist in the world. It's so great that it works better than any drug. In fact, three times better than any drug. Because when we look at people with all kinds of health conditions, 65 different, 66 different health conditions, they're common. One of the most common things they experience is pain and fatigue. When we look at the subjective studies of uh, people that come and we survey them, there's a 70% change in the population in terms of pain and fatigue. And so that's not just mind over matter. <laughs> We'd started looking for the endogenous chemicals, the endogenous opiates that a person could actually be making that would reduce their pain. And 100% of the people that we measured had a change in those endogenous opiates. And one particular class, this dynorphin, the concentration was so great that they had to dilute it 10 times to be able for the, for the machine to wow. be able to read it. So the nervous system is manufacturing a pharmacy of chemicals that's a reflection of the person's change in mind, change in body, change in biology, change in consciousness. And, and so there's the collective then is, is, is evolving together. I have so much to say about this. It's beyond exciting. It's it just this demonstrates this proves scientifically what I intuitively knew when I set out to do heal that we are so our the human design the, the human being is so beyond intelligent and brilliant and perfect because we are just this creation of divine and divinity, right? And just the the instrument to measure that opiate whatever is you had to dilute it 10 times just to even read it and that just again is just a it just shows that like we are thousands of times more powerful and there's so much more possible than our little minds that one percent of reality that we're seeing and yeah. you are this is the new frontier of medicine to get back to remembering that the answers the potential it's all within us so much more is possible yeah. than what we've kind of the path that we've laid out in conventional medicine 
If you know me, you know I care about two things, reducing plastic waste and clean ingredients in my products. That's why I'm stoked to tell you about Bite. I've been using clean, fluoride, and chemical-free toothpaste for decades, but they all have the same plastic tubes. So when I found Bite toothpaste bits, I was so impressed with the innovation and vision of the founder. She came up with the idea to make dry toothpaste tablets that are good for you and the planet. You just pop one in your mouth, chew on it, and start brushing with a wet toothbrush. It foams up just like the normal stuff. Yes, it takes some getting used to, but when you learn that over 250,000 pounds of plastic were kept out of landfills because of Bite users, you will want to join the Conscious Smile movement. Bite makes plastic-free alternatives for everything on your bathroom sink, from toothpaste, mouthwash, toothbrushes, and deodorant. And their sleek glass bottles and jars look amazing too. My favorite Bite product is the whitening gel. It's quick, easy, clean, and I find it to be just as effective, if not more so, than the not-so-clean popular brands. Bite is offering our listeners 20% off your first order. Go to trybite.com slash heal or use code heal at checkout to claim this deal that's t-r-y-b-i-t-e dot com slash heal did you know that our liver is responsible for over 500 functions daily as our body's main filter it's in charge of flushing out unwanted elements and breaking down what we consume into essential nutrients that's why i love dose the expertly formulated organic wellness shot that takes care of my liver like no other dose is vegan gluten and dairy free zero sugar and it's formulated with potent amounts of organic herbs like turmeric milk thistle dandelion root and ginger but the best part about dose is the science behind it dose went through a double-blind, placebo-controlled clinical trial showing its superior ability in supporting healthy liver enzyme function. It also improves long-term liver health, supports healthy metabolic function and digestion, and boosts your energy levels and focus. I can honestly tell you in the month I've been using it, my clarity and focus have improved immensely. If you want to give Dose a shot and invest in your health, Dose is offering Heal listeners 15% off your first order, plus an additional 15% off if you subscribe for a monthly delivery. That's 30% off your first order. Go to Dose dosedaily.co slash heal and use code heal. That's dosedaily.co slash heal and use code heal. I do think, you know, if you look at, I mean, I, I, I think when you see the data, the conversations that I'm having with doctors and researchers that I'm having today, I would never thought I would have in my entire lifetime. The data is so, so profound. It's undeniable, right? It's just, you can't say, oh, well, that's pseudoscience. And you can't call it you can't call it pseudoscience any longer because it's not pseudoscience. It's actually real science. So, so when you look at the data, and I, I, always, I always wonder because I keep telling the scientists, I can't believe this is the truth. Like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And, and when they're running the drug, when they're running the study on the plasma or they're looking at the data and they keep running it, the tests over again, expecting a different result, and they keep getting the same outcome. They're doing it on other people, and 84% of the population, the, the plasma is down-regulating all these problems with cancer. You, you look at that, and it, it's, it's profound. It's a really important information for people to understand. I want people to really get that the, the science is actually saying that, right? Then by the same means, I have seen testimonials that people have stood on the stage. And, and, it, and it has challenged my belief, my personal belief, like, like the human in me is excited, the scientist in me is like, I don't know, really, I don't know. Like, like crazy things, like people growing thyroids back, you know, like, I it's mean, it's happening sounds, over and over and over. People with Parkinson's disease, people with ALS, you know, they're on the stage. People that one sweet young guy from London with muscular dystrophy. I mean, there's no cure for muscular dystrophy. Read it, read, look, look, there's no cure. He's walking. 
at the end of the event. And I, had, I watched that testimonial a hundred times. I had to keep watching it, you know, because just like the scientist who was running the study over and over again in his disbelief, he was changing his belief right then. I used, this guy's changing my belief like in what's possible. Now, when the collective, a collective network of people watch that four minute mile, listen to this beautiful man tell his story. It was a journey for him and he, he has no doubt now. He wasn't doing his meditations every day to heal, he was doing his meditations to remove his doubt. Mm. He's his disbelief that it was possible. He said that. And then he, he hit gold, right? And now he, he got an upgrade. That four-minute mile in the audience is new information. The collective is becoming conscious of another possibility. It's not a Hollywood movie. This is, you're looking at this person and they don't look vegan and they don't look buffed and they don't look young and they don't look, you know, they just look like a normal person that you would walk right past. And, and they're speaking the truth. I'm not saying it. They're speaking the truth. And the, the words that they're using, the entire audience, I, I look very closely, they're all leaning in. Everybody's leaning in because there's the example of truth right there. After that moment, the collective becomes conscious of another possibility, whether it's cancer, whether it's Raynaud syndrome, whatever, whatever the condition is. The person's like, well, if that person can do it, I can do it. Mm -hmm. And just like an infection spreads amongst the community and creates disease, all of a sudden you see health and wellness in the consciousness of the collective become as infectious as disease. And we had an event where we had six people step out of a wheelchair. I, I, I didn't plan that. I could not believe it. I, people with spinal cord injuries, with ALS, with um, myasthenia gravis, I mean, all, all kinds of different uh, brain injuries. They're, they're, they're MS, you know, they're walking. It's just insane. So you have the evidence in science and you have the evidence in human testimony and evidence is the loudest voice. And so the collective, the consciousness of the collective is aware of another possibility. And if you're unaware of that possibility, you'll always make the same choice. And that's when you default back to your humanity and forget that you are that powerful. Okay, guys, if you're as excited about this as I am, <laughs> I must say, please like and subscribe and share this episode because Dr. Joe D, you're changing lives. And the more we can demonstrate this to the, uh, the, the bigger our collective gets of this community, experiencing what you are teaching and what you're providing, um, these experiences at these events, week-long retreats, the more people that can upgrade their biology and witness, witness what's possible and then become their own examples of possibility, we can actually change the world. So please oh. review this episode, like, subscribe, do all the things that help our little podcast here. Um, and w so much to talk about what's highlighted on the page and kind of what I'm Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Piggybacking on here is the you told us that the universe only provides to the level that we think we are worthy, and that's we we all have this 
you know, most of us have this, um, that's part of this separation and illusion that we, when we come into this world, uh, this belief, these negative and li limiting subconscious beliefs of we are not enough, we are not worthy. And so even though we're using our 5% of our little conscious mind to try to manifest love and abundance and all these things, like if that 95% program is running, we are not worthy, we're never going to, we're going to keep yeah. you know attracting the same experiences yeah i think that's when mind and body are in opposition right yes. you know so you could you could have the all the intention you want but if you're programmed to feel unhappy or suffering then that information never makes it to the body because we only accept believe and surrender to the thoughts that are equal to our emotional state and we will never accept believe and surrender to any thought that's not equal to our emotional state you may say i'm i'm abundant i'm healthy i'm wealthy i'm whatever you want to say you can affirm that and your body's saying no you're not dude you're miserable <laughs> and that thought never makes it past the brainstem so this is one of the things that i discovered last year that really has changed me in so many levels i watched uh, a group of people uh, at an event really closely and there were people <laughs> that were healing and changing and the group was really amazing and and I watched them on the last meditation of the uh, walking meditation because we do a lot of walking meditations you got to get good at doing it with your eyes open right so you got to become it so I was just looking the sun was rising on the beach in Cancun and I was just walking by and I was looking at all these faces and we were seeing tears of joy on so many people rolling down their face. And, you know, we, we actually collect those tears and we look at the information in those, <laughs> by the way. Unicorn tears. <laughs> and, and I looked at those people and I realized nobody is making them happy in this moment but them. Mm -hmm. Right? It's a powerful moment that their body is actually, it's, her, their bodies are so objective that they don't know the difference between the real life experience that would create that emotion that they're imagining in their future or the emotion they're imagining in their future by thought alone, right? Their body was believing it was living in that life and they were making themselves happy. And when they walked, I just noticed they were walking with such worth, not like entitlement, like I, not like that. There was no arrogance. They were just, they were just worthy to receive because they showed up for themselves every single day they showed up when they could have said oh, it's too cold out it's too warm out it's too bright out i don't want to get my feet wet in the you know whatever it is I'm, I'm i'm too handicapped i'm too sick i'm too old and i'll never change they showed up in spite of that you know they kept showing up and overcoming that process of overcoming that they reached a point where they felt worthy they're really worthy of their future because they showed up for themselves and they sat with themselves long enough to feel so much better that they could care less if it happened because it felt like it already happened, that's when the magic really starts to occur. So, yeah, we, we love the idea of worthiness because I think when we do feel worthy, not like trying to feel worthy, it's like trying to forgive, you know, when you finally overcome the emotion that keeps you connected to that person or that past event, you take your attention off it and you take your power back and that's actually how we and that's you feel so good you don't want to feel any other way any longer why would you make yourself miserable if you feel so good it's not like you have to forgive it's you just kind of let go that's how worthiness is you keep showing up and you keep conditioning your body emotionally into that future before it happens you keep reminding yourself how you are going to behave in your life with certain people in certain circumstances you rehearse it in your mind you make sure you install the circuitry what belief do you want to fire and wire in your brain and keep doing it until it becomes a belief a thought you keep thinking over and over again how do you want to remind yourself to think 
how do you want to remind yourself to act? How do you remind yourself to feel? That becoming process, the side effect of that is measurable changes, not only in a person's biology, but ultimately in their life. So, but they are worthy now because they're not feeling separate from like, I'm going to wait for that you know, great relationship to happen so I could feel love. They would never do that. They feel so much love. They feel like they're, they're worthy of it, right? So they practiced feeling that emotion enough times that they could actually believe in that future. Because the moment you default and you return back to that familiar feeling of unworthiness, you believe in your past. Mm-hmm. And there's a story, by the way, that goes, you know, that goes along with that. But they feel like they, they believe in their future because they can feel connected to their future. Mm-hmm. And if you can maintain that modified state of mind and body, that's why we do the walking meditations with your eyes open in your life. Get ready because your life is going to change in mysterious ways. And why is that important? Because it's going to convince you to remember that you're the creator of your life instead of the victim of your life. Oh, my gosh. And let me just get my notes here because there was one. Oh, I love there's there's talking about the problem and, and getting to the future that you want. Um, we we one of the meditations, I don't know if it's the change box or but the, you, we talk about, okay, we, there's a problem in our life and we want to manifest a different reality. We want the problem to go away. We want to manifest the solution. The, and there's got to be a potential in the quantum field in which the problem that I am facing does not exist. And that's where we go. There's got to be a potential in the quantum field. Again, we're, we're, we're experiencing 1% of reality. So in that 99%, I'm sure we can imagine a potential where the problem I'm facing does not exist. The solution is none of my business the feeling into that potential, feeling what life would be like with that potential where the problem doesn't exist, that's our work. The minute that we start to predict or try to figure it out, then we're back in the 3D world and we're coming from lack and separation. Exactly. You got it. Do I get (laughs) it? You got it. So it's just so, so that's the work. And you have so many amazing um, meditations that you can download from from your website and, and, you know, a lot of them are an hour or more. And people, you know, they go, I don't have an hour to meditate. But when you understand the meaning and all that you've taught us in this podcast and, and in the advanced week long, when you understand that you're spending an hour getting overcoming you and getting into the void and getting into the present moment and allowing your brain to get in that coherent state where you are raising your frequency, upgrading your biology, you know, that what better hour can you spend and matter changing matter is going to take forever but if you're spending that that hour or two hours a day doing your meditations i I can't think of a more productive way to spend your time and start to manifest in the synchronicities and the shifts that happen in your life are just i mean those are the kind of shifts i want to tap into yeah no i mean listen, listen it's a great it's a great point um, I think the hardest part about it is making time to do it, and and I just think that a, a lot of a lot of the programs that we live by every single day is is to not believe that we have uh, any effect on our life, you know. Because if you did believe that, you would do it. So you would, do, in fact, you'd do it every day if you knew that you created your life, right? And you wouldn't let any thought slip by your awareness that you didn't want to experience. You'd be the kind of governor of your mind, right? So, so taking the time to do it, it means then you're going to have to forget about everything known your cell phone your kid you know your 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 partner your you know your bro- your job your boss your coworkers your tiktok your twitter you know <laughs> whatever it is that you keep your attention on and you got to manage your attention and 
it's so much more convenient to say, I don't, I'm not into this today. I don't feel like it. I don't have enough time. That's you staying the same, right? Don't expect anything to change because you haven't changed, right? Mm -hmm. So the chronic disbelief that comes along with this is just a program, right? Because when you, when you start seeing evidence in your life, you're inspired to create, uh, and you don't, want it to, you don't want the magic to end. In fact, you want it to keep going, so why would you stop doing that, right? So when you're reacting less to the circumstances in your life, then you're mastering your emotions, you master your emotions, you master your creations, okay? That means there's gotta be something else that I can live, something I can create, right? So, so um, if, and, and if you don't know how, and we don't use any tradition or religious or any, um, any sp secular type of meditation, we just look at the data. We look at the music, we look at everything, we look at everything that we can come up with and being able to teach it better. But if you look at the, the information that goes along with it, I think people really have to understand what meditation means, and they really have to understand what, why we're doing certain things in certain ways, and they just don't know what to do, right? And the, and the first thing you could say is, I, don't, I can't do this. And they think they're doing it wrong right, because right, they're right. not having these mystical yeah, yeah. experiences right, every right. time. Yeah, and, and the mystical will never happen if you're trying to predict it because that's the known. You're, when you're predicting, you're, you're t tapping into the known. So if you're really saying there is a potential in the quantum field where this problem doesn't exist, then you literally have to lay down the very thing you used your whole life to get what you want for something greater to occur. And that's not one swing. That takes some practice to not kind of control that reality or predict that reality. If you truly created it, then trust the outcome and be before your sensory experience. That, that takes a lot of courage to be able to live in that state because it almost would look foolhardy and insane, and yet it's that process of trusting and changing your energy, that's when you start to see the changes in your life. So if people really start to really want to understand it and see that, that it's not something that's difficult to do, and we show that, why well, ask the brain scientists, what percentage of people are brains getting better? They had 100%, 100%, wow, that's a lot. That's like, their brains are working better, right? So if you knew that, you would do the work for that reason. If you knew you could change your biology, if you saw the person that you watched the testimonial five times, you have the same health condition, you're going to listen to everything they say. Mm -hmm. It's going to be so relevant to you. And, you know, some of the times people say, I did my meditation, and I felt so great. I felt good. My, my sleeping better. I had less pain. Um, I had more energy. I was less fatigued. But my blood values didn't change. My scans didn't change. And anybody who's watching this person tell their story and say, I just realized that the other 15 hours of my day, I was a wreck. And the one hour against 15 hours, okay, I gotta get good at doing this with my eyes open. Okay, so how am I gonna be in this certain circumstance different than how I was? How am I gonna emotionally feel? So they're in the game of change now. This is not just a technique. This knows, they know that the only way their condition's gonna change is if they change, and they're doing their meditations to change, right? So you hear that from a person who's on the stage saying that. I guarantee you when, you, when you sit down to do your work, you have to believe then it's possible for you. And if you believe in possibility, you gotta believe in yourself. And if you believe in yourself, you gotta believe in possibility. So people show up for themselves to actually practice it. And so we give them things to do. So they're not sitting there doing you know, there's, there's, there's intention behind everything we're doing so they can produce the outcome. One of the most profound things that happens, and I, I experienced it and I've also heard other people talk about it, is and it happened, like the awareness happened to me during a walking meditation, and you're sitting there and you're just 
what became so clear was that everything that led up to that moment was perfect and couldn't be any other way. And and you just feel so grateful because you've been practicing being in the present. And none of us humans are ever in the present, especially with social media these days at the 24-hour news cycle or just kids and family, the fast pace of life. So we're rarely, rarely present unless we're a monk, you know, up in the hinterlands or whatever. But we've been practicing all week, getting in the present moment, and then you get to this place where your brain is firing in new ways and you just have this awareness that like everything, all the trauma, all the tragedy, yeah. all the attack, and it really is that you, you, you enable biologically and psychologically us to get out of victimhood and be grateful for every single thing that, ha I mean, this is the experience I had yeah. that happened up into that moment, and that moment is all that matters, and that moment of, heart expansion and bliss and ecstasy and gratitude is all that matters and everything that came before it is just story that shaped who i am in yeah. this present beautiful moment god i'm i'm i would say i've heard that over a hundred times from people uh, they they reach that point where they're so present and they feel so grateful to be alive that when they look back at their entire past their abuse physical sexual emotional uh, with drugs, whatever, trauma. They look back at their entire past and they don't want to change one. They say, I don't want to change one thing. I see I had to go all through that. I had to take that journey to get right here. This moment is more important than my past. And that's the moment, literally, the body moves out of the past. That's the moment. And, and there's that kind of upgrade that goes with it. And now you're grateful for no reason except that you're alive. Watch it because networks in the brain that turn on our social connection actually switches on. We want to move closer together. We want to connect. And we're way more appreciative of the moment. And I always joke around in our community because by the end of the event, it's like, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. It's kind of like everybody's feeling really grateful. Like, it's kind of a cool thing because when you feel that way, what do you want to do? You want to give. You want to say, I feel so amazing. I don't need anything. Well, I want to give to you. And that's, I think that's our nature. That's, when we're not in survival, we're not in stress, I think, I think we, we, there's power in community and it's collective networks that come together that determine reality so and it's not one individual it's a it's a collective consciousness that's the cool part about it but we each need to do the work which is why I believe now more than ever but every day something new happens where I'm just like oh my gosh we have to be the change we want to see in the world and us doing the work I literally was looking up at you on stage in Cancun. I was like, this man is literally leading us out into a new paradigm of humanity. Like, it's so crazy. I, I, I just have to read a couple of things from my journal because I think it's really funny. Um, these are some of the things I wrote. Holy shit balls. Holy fuck nuts. <laughs> like, they were just like, sorry about if you are sensitive to cursing, but I, I just was like so blown away. Um, by my experiences. Um, okay, let's see. Wow, and then the final message when I was lying down was meet me in true love. The unknown, the void, create from there. When you trust me, source, I will bless you with a reality that will blow your mind. Meet me in true love and let go of the limited idea of what you think you want. Like, so many, I mean. That's good information. So, so here's the cool thing about that. That inward experience is it ta it's taking philosophy and 
theory and intellectual information, knowledge, and you are actually embodying the truth through that experience, and you're changing your circuitry. Now, it's what experience does. Experience lays, lays down a circuitry. The end product of experience is an emotion, but it's not the emotion that you're used to feeling that would be known. This is a, a broadener or a more deeper sense of yourself, right? It's, it's profound when we, when we see that occur because when the person returns back to Kelly, their spectrum of reality is broadened. They're seeing things differently. They can't, we don't see things how they are. We see things how we are. Their, their spectrum of reality is broadened because now they have the circuits in their brain that's laid down from that inner experience with information that's causing them to perceive that other 99% of reality that we're unaware of, right? So you're seeing beauty in things. You're seeing things, you're seeing possibility where other people can't see them. And I think that it becomes you and you become it in some way. I want to tell you about my good friends over at Organifi. Not only do they make some of my favorite superfood juices ever, but they are a clean, conscious, and caring company. Organifi goes above and beyond to ensure quality and safety, even testing for things like glyphosate residue, which is sadly infiltrating the mainstream food supply. They seek out the most sustainable ingredients, packaging, and manufacturing processes. And they partner with organizations like Vitamin Angels to help mothers and children all over the world. My two favorite products are the green juice and the gold. Each serving of green juice contains a clinical dose of ashwagandha, an adaptogenic herb known to help balance stress and cortisol levels naturally. It's also got chlorella, moringa, spirulina, and wheatgrass. I also need to get more mushrooms into my life, which is why I love their nighttime relaxation tea gold. I get to sneak some reishi along with other immune boosters into my delicious bedtime golden latte. Organifi works hard to keep their prices as low as possible to bring health to more people, and I'm here to help with that as well. Go to Organifi.com heal, check out their collection, and make sure you enter my discount code HEAL to save an additional 20%. Once again, that's Organifi.com heal, and remember to enter the word HEAL as your 20% off savings code. How do you just, in, just to bring this into reality right now, how do you, what's the, what would your advice be on navigating a traumatic world event like we just saw in Israel and um, Gaza this past weekend, what's the balance of like, I have to protect myself from the images because I just am too sensitive and I'm traumatized, yeah. but I don't want to be apathetic and separated and not help my, you know, people that yeah. deserve help and support and, uh, you know, co conversation and co contribution. You don't yeah. want to just run and hide and stick your head in the sand. Yeah. But how do we find that balance when there's so much tragedy, suffering, horrific, heinous acts going on in the world in, in multiple countries at all times? And it's just, it's too much. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, I wish I had a really solid answer for that. But, but I don't think the conflicts that we see in the world are going to be resolved from the same level of consciousness. And there's no right and wrong, there's no good and bad, there's no win and lose when, it, when we're talking about the respect for life. There's just, that's not the answer. But I do think the individual does represent the whole. And we may not be able to control conflicts that are not on our land or not, we have no power over controlling. But if you're, if you're a representation, the individual is a representation of the whole, then you wanna bring something to the world and you would wanna show up and show the world what love does. You'd want to show the world what greatness looks like, what honor and nobility is, what respect, what giving and caring is. And you have to be able to demonstrate that. You know, we have to be able to demonstrate that right now. You know? and, and if you get enough people 
actually doing that, you could actually change the world if you get enough people doing it, that it becomes the collective network. And our data shows that collective networks of observers determine reality. And it's not the number of people. Uh, it's not the amount of energy, because you could have entropic energy. It's the most coherent energy, the strongest signal, and that's brain and heart coherence. So walk around relaxed in your heart and awake in your brain instead of stressed out, unconscious, and in a program. You'll be less likely to face that problem from the same level of consciousness. And I think if enough people do that, I think um, there'll be an emergent consciousness. And emergence in biology is when the school of fish, the flock of birds, are all behaving in the same way. They give a, the appearance of a greater organism, right? And I, I think that's, there's no individual leader, everybody's leading. And I think, I think that's the best we can do mm -hmm. uh, if it's outside of you know, our ability to make an effect. Yeah, and even just what we're talking about, there's got to be a potential in the quantum field where there's peace, where there's yeah. a new way of being, where there's yeah. symbiosis again. And so, yeah, so we did this thing uh, called Walk for the World. I don't know if you heard about it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, so we had... September 23rd. Yeah, it was September 23rd. We had 168 different countries participate from around the world. And um, we had over 4,000 groups. We probably were over 150,000 plus people. Wow. And the intention really is not, not, not to focus on peace because I don't think that's enough. I think it's time to demonstrate it, you know, to, to, to demonstrate the prayer in some way. So we did this global walking meditation, and the intent was to actually become that change, right? So we're going to keep doing them, right? We're going to keep doing them until we have enough people actually demonstrating walk what in the walk walk in the walk walking is the they have to walk into their lives that way and you get enough people doing that i think something emerges some possibility will actually come up as a result of it. that's my hope anyway um i know you're like i just want to get like a little personal joe d here uh well real quick people want to know the voice how'd you come up with the voice the voice that you do your meditations with what's the purpose of that um so um can't give away too much because okay. I don't want to get your <laughs> conscious mind involved when you do the meditations. <laughs> but I, we discovered that there was a particular type of sound that helps the brain move into coherence. And it's, it's very um, mathematical in a sense. And there, it's, it's patterns within patterns. There's just levels of resonance in the music that we discovered helps people to dissociate from their body, their environment, and time. There's a, there's a specific rhythm that's very important to entrain brain states uh, that's part of conditioning. And then I noticed that when I said certain words, the brain scientists would come backstage and say, hey, I'm gonna, you know, we just kind of took some notes, but during this particular two-minute time frame, eight out of 10 people popped in the gamma up at the same time. <laughs> Let's look at the data. Let's see what you, you were doing. And so we started discovering certain words work really well. And then I noticed that if I changed my voice, then people wouldn't be thinking about me. Like they would, I would, if I made it in a different, if I said it in a different way, they wouldn't be thinking about me any longer. They would be in some other place where they, they heard a voice. And, and so the kind of resonance that we use, the voice that I use, just for some, some, for some meditations, seem to work better than better than others and then there are other meditations where i have a different voice um, that i've discovered that helps to 
with other things. So I, I, we look at the data really basically and, and, and I've had to get really, I've never been so conscious of music and sound and my voice and all these elements in it. And, and, and I think when it all comes together, when it all kind of comes together, I think a person can literally surrender completely, right? They can just forget and surrender completely. And that's what we try to do. We try to set up the conditions where everything kind of works. Mm -hmm. And so I do, that, I do that kind of in different voice because I want them to forget about me. And somehow we saw the scans and it kind of works. That's, I, I envisioned you as you're standing up on stage in Cancun, there's 2,000 people on the floor in their chairs with me. And I was like, he's like this conductor of an orchestra, just like harmonizing this music, right? And it's all mathematical vibration and frequency. It's pretty wild. It's crazy. It's really, really crazy. And, and um, yeah, and, and now, I, now we, I have composers that get it. Mm. Like they just get it. So, I mean, so, I mean, it's fascinating. It's kind well, of cool to see. I'm going to try the voice on my four-year-old next time she has a tantrum. <laughs> see if I can affect her brainwaves. <laughs> Sit up. <laughs> Calm down. No, I'm kidding. Um, not a comedian. Um, what, tell us one thing you're, well, first of all, I wanted to share, cause I keep forgetting to mention, my, I sent a dear, dear friend of mine and her sister to San, uh, is it Marcos Island? Mark, Mar Marco Island. Marco Island in, um, September and sister of my friend went with Parkinson's disease and left without Parkinson's disease. So. I mean, what, what, what are you excited about? Are you kidding me? I never get tired of these stories. I mean, I never get tired of them because I, it's, I never want this to be about me. I want it to be about our community, right? So that's another four-minute mile. That's another person that changed and their biology changed. And, and they're, they're in a new body. They're in a whole new life. They're in a whole new future. They're not in the same predictable life that they were in. And somehow they made some type of interchange. So... Um, the, I mean, the scientific experiments that we're working on, just the fun stuff we're working on and the, the effects of the coherence healings that we're doing in communities, the data that we're getting from the uh, coherence healings uh, are just outstanding. They're just incredible. Now we're, we're pairing young people with old people at one event, you know, and um, they're in their 70s the, and, and the, these kids are in their teens and 20s and there's a study at... UC Berkeley years ago where they took two rodents and they, they connected their bloodstream. One was old and one was young, right? So it's called parabiosis. And the older one got younger and the younger one got older because there was information in the blood that was changing their biology. So we thought we're not going to connect people's circulatory system at an event, but what if we just paired them together? Mm, energetically. And they just spent the, all their time together. The elder with the other, and we, we do a lot of sharing and turning and explaining, teaching back, because you've got to wire that information in there. It's easier to forget it than to remember it. So is a young person with an older person have nothing in common, and they just start sharing information. They start building the muscle, and then do the meditations, and they get in their think box, and they review how they did. And you know, they, they're, you know, they're very, you know, and they eat, eat together, do everything, they hang out together. And we discovered, wow, their brains were so much better. Like their alpha and their gamma was just unbelievable. Um, their, 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 their tests on aptitude and memory were enhanced dramatically. Wow. Um, there were factors in their blood that caused them to metabolize energy better uh, to, for longevity. We just started seeing this crazy stuff. So like, it's so important to remember who you're hanging out with and what you're talking about because it literally has an effect on your biology. So stuff like that excites me. Um, the testimonials, again, I could 
I'm super excited about. We have a documentary coming out. It's actually called Source. Ooh. Um, it'll be out uh, in, a, in a month or two. Cool. And really, it's about our science. It's really about kind of the whole entire journey. And we follow, I think, four people uh, with health conditions that uh, and other conditions in their life that had some big, big changes. So it's kind of exciting. And what are the, you're doing your work, tell us a little bit about the um, philanthropic arm of, you're doing some of these programs in prisons. Oh yeah, so I'm really excited about that because um, we have a, a program called Prisons to Monasteries. And I have a, a group of trainers that, are, that teach this model of change in companies and organizations. We have about 250 corporate trainers who teach people, they might not understand. Uh, why they want to change or what they want to change. They just don't know how, right? So we, you change an individual, you change a culture. So we have this kind of course that we do. It's a great course. It's a two-day course, day-and-a-half course on change. And so we decided to take that course and bring it into prisons. And, and we went to the one of the most dangerous, one of the worst prison conditions in Mexico City. And the changes in these women's, women's prison were, were so dramatic. I mean, these are women that, you know, sold their daughters for 75 cents for prostitution, mm -hmm. had murdered somebody in their family, uh, or you know, all kinds of conditions. And uh, they slept standing up, because no one trusted each other. Um, the sound of the place, the smell of the place, the sight of the place, my trainers were horrified. At the end of that course, these were completely different women. And it was just a pilot course, and we just, left it but what happened was all the other inmates that were in the prison all the other women in the prison just started saying to the administration what happened to those because they were grooming each other mm -hmm. and hugging each other and and laughing with each other and, and serving each other and they were just like and sleeping on together you know and the and um and they were and they requested so we've trained the whole entire prison then we just trained over 700 men in the male's prison and it's just and now we have other other cities in in Mexico that we're doing it with, and, and we just we just did our first course in San Quentin just last week. Wow. And um, again, prisons to monasteries, like why not have it be a place where you actually can make the, the greatest changes to make yourself that free. That's real rehabilitation. Yeah. We're gonna include both um, how, if you, listeners, if you're intrigued, if you're inspired, obviously, you know, go on an advanced retreat, do a progressive, like check out Dr. Joe's work. <laughs> Um, also include the links of the, you know, prisons and monasteries mm -hmm. and to how to contribute to your scientific research because this is world changing stuff. And yeah. And walk and walk for the world because we're going to keep, we're going to keep walking. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to keep walking. We got to all keep walking. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it was great being with you. You're the best. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Anything else you want to share? I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I mean, I can I can tell one story. <laughs> tell that, me one story. Okay, I'll tell you one story because it really has changed me. Um, we were briefly mentioning this before I went on. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, there's nothing like a good story. I mean, I can tell you stories that are just incredible. But but this one was so sweet the other day because we were in Dallas uh, at a advanced follow up. That's a course that you do after you do the week long. That so I was supposed to be at. Yeah, the one you wanted to come to, <laughs> and. Um, we had an event in Denver in July, a week-long event. And um, I, as I said, there were like six people that stepped out of their wheelchairs. And, and there was one woman that was sitting outside of the group, of the, you know, the 2,000 people. She was sitting in a lounge, like a, like a layback lounge. And she was sitting in front of the, one of the screens. And she had an electric 
uh, scooter wheelchair, and she had another wheelchair, and she had crutches, and she had an oxygen tank. She was camped out there. She had uh, EpiPacks. She had an inhaler. She was she was she had a lot happening. And you know, I watch her listen to the information. I'd see her do the meditations. Then I see her get on a scooter, you know, climb in and get on a scooter and drive away. And middle-aged woman and and um, the last day of the event and the last meditation walking meditation outside I saw her out of her wheelchair and I saw her like dancing on this on on the curb she was like dancing and like doing a balance beam like gymnastics and she was laughing really hard and like and she, every time she closed her eyes she was having some big moments anyway they sent me the the story about her she had written to her to our team and just told the story about how she was completely healed, you know, and she had maybe five or six different health conditions, you know, like myasthenia gravis, mast cell conditions, all kinds of different autoimmune diseases. And she couldn't walk from her couch to her bathroom and back. That would be like more than she could handle. She could, she had, she was down to like six foods that she could eat. Uh, she tried every therapy. She's a nurse to um, tried everything. And um, and then she, by the end of the event, she was completely healed. So they brought her backstage um, to, to tell me the story before she went on the stage. And, and she was telling me the story, and I just listened to her, and I didn't really put it together, and I didn't even recognize her. That was the crazy part about it. Then she got on the stage, and she started telling the story, and she was at the Denver event, and I was sitting over there, and I had a wheel, you know, wheelchair, and I said, oh, my gosh. And she said, I had myasthenia gravis, and all of a sudden it came back to me. And I just stopped and I looked at her and she did not even look like the same person. I didn't even recognize her. That's how changed she was. And she had a profound inward experience that the moment it happened, she said, I know I'm healed. And, and um, she, doesn't, she hasn't had any anaphylaxis. She had it every day. Um, she has, doesn't use oxygen. She doesn't need a wheelchair. She's doing gymnastics again. She's doing yoga. I mean complete change in her biology and so it was, uh, the audience loved it it was a great story amazing and I'd, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about real briefly uh the group healings and that this is a new addition right in the last couple of years few years the yeah again this there's a lot i know this is a stretch for certain people but i mean if you have brain and heart coherence then you have you have you you have energy and so I started looking for the data on really what it says about like living organisms, right? And, and most people think when you see like Karelian photography or you look at electromagnetic fields around living organisms, you would think that the living organism is creating that electromagnetic field, like it's emanating this field. So there was research done in Yale University in the 40s and... Harold the, Sexton Fur. Yeah, the, 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 the information is so exciting because this researcher discovered that people who had certain patterns in their field had uterine cancer, right? And every single woman that had uterine cancer had this very specific pattern in their electromagnetic field. But there were certain women that had no uterine cancer but had the pattern in the field. And every single one of those women that had a pattern in the field ultimately developed uterine cancer. So he said, oh my God, I got this backwards. I, think, I thought that it was the living organism that was creating the field. No, it's actually the field that's creating the living organism. If I change the information in the field, can I change the destiny of that health condition, the three-dimensional reality, right? So 
so we all emit a field, and the information in the field of every single person is information that ultimately becomes matter, right? Mm -hmm. So what if you could change the information, train people with brain and heart coherence to lay a person down, get people to know how to get beyond themselves, connect to that unifying field of energy, they, and lay down their character, become nobody, no one, no thing, nowhere, no time, become pure consciousness, disinvest all of your attention and energy out of this three-dimensional world, and then open your heart. And if you could open your heart, energy makes it to the heart. We have data to show it goes right to the brain, 100% of the time. If you could direct that energy through your hands into the field of the person, and you had six, seven, or eight people doing that, if you understood, if you changed the pattern, the information in the field with coherence, could you change the person's health condition? So it was theoretical when we first started out, and then we started seeing, I mean, really dramatic changes. I mean really dramatic changes in people's health, like immediate changes in cancers, uh, all kinds of health conditions, uh, everything. And then we started seeing the healers <laughs> that were actually administering the healing were getting healed too. In fact, we had a lady on the stage who had really serious um, tri trifacial neuralgia, or trigeminal neuralgia it was. She said to the audience, that the pain was so bad that when my family members and friends asked me how I was doing, I'd say, I want someone to cut my head off. Mm. She could not get away from the pain. That's how severe it was and constant. She did everything. She flew to other countries. She tried every therapy. She tried nothing. Mm. And so she did the coherence healing. And she said, I never felt so much love in my life. And then all of a sudden, I haven't had any pain mm. since. So you see that effect as well, right? So. Energy is energy, right? Mm -hmm. so, so we started seeing dramatic changes in people's health, and then we thought, okay, let's scale the model a little greater. Do you really need to be in the room? If you're in the quantum, there's no separation. Uh, can we hit a target? Can we hit a picture? You know, give us a picture, give us a, a person, and let's collectively see if we could do it remotely and not even be in the room. Mm -hmm. Our data is unbelievable, and we had so many incredible changes in people's health, and we just, did a study, a preliminary study with autistic kids. Now, if you know autism, you know that no occupational therapy, therapy really makes much of a difference. No physical therapy, therapy, no speech therapy, you know, maybe some behavior modification therapy, maybe a little bit. Not a lot of changes happen with autism. In the first study we did with, um, I think it was uh, 12 boys, uh, young boys, uh, uh, 12 coherence healings, over the course of six weeks to a week. If I read you the testimonials from their parents, mm -hmm. like uh, my son is speaking in complete sentences. His father came home and he hugged him. He jumped on the trampoline today. He acted in the school play. He wanted to walk to school by himself. He's no longer wetting the bed. He's no longer defecating in the bed. He's having normal bowel movements. He's no longer stiffing. He's no longer banging his head. Uh, um, he's, are, he's communicating with me. He's napping during the day. He's sleeping through the night. I mean, these are. These are the effects, and they're not even in the room. Remote coherence yeah. healing. And so we have data now that shows that, wow, the, the probability that this is something really profound is happening is off the chart. We just looked at our PTSD data in the study that we did in remote coherence healing again, and 89% of the people in the study, 89% of the people with post-traumatic stress disorder diagnosed PTSD, 89% had a dr dramatic response for the positive, and they're not even in the room. So, so we've seen the coherence healings. We've now we're looking at the genetic changes. We're looking at blood plasma. We're looking at what's happening. You know, we're studying 
the data and we see that the greatest changes that take place in people's biology, both healer and healy, happen during the coherence healings. Now, we have these machines called random event generators. And what they are, they're sophisticated coin tosses. And if you toss a coin, uh, the more you toss it, the more it's going to be 50-50, heads or tails. That's this. So this machine, this program, is randomly producing zeros and ones. It'll go one 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 zero zero one one zero 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 one one zero zero. It'll just kind of be back and forth. But the, for the most part, it's 50-50. The more you toss it, the more it's 50-50. So it tosses a coin a thousand times in a second. And they're very sensitive to electromagnetism, to energy. So we set these in the room and several of them in the room, and then during the coherence healings, if no one's in the room, you'll see it just kind of fluctuating just around the midline normal. The moment those collective networks come into room with brain and heart coherence, and the coherence healing starts, all of a sudden you see one, 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 it just keeps going right out off the scale. And now random events are becoming less random and more intentional, okay? So I say to scientists, what is it? What do you think that is? Because it happens every single time we do the coherent ceiling. They say, we don't, maybe it's, we don't know, we, we don't know. So then we decided, okay, let's do it again, but let's wrap one of them in a Faraday cage, which is copper and nickel, heavy metals, right? Insulate it, like if you go to the, uh, from electromagnetism, you go to the, get an x-ray, you go to the dentist, they put the mm -hmm. lead thing around you, you go get an x-ray, sometimes they put a copper little shield over your, your ovaries, uh, or, you know, you get the idea. They, yeah. it's, it blocks electromagnetism. So we, we insulated one of them, and we did the coherence healings. And, of course, the ones that were in the room that were not covered, you saw them move out of scale, out of normal, just right outside of normal. But the one that was wrapped in the, in the, the metal behaved just like the, mm -hmm. uh, the one as if no one was in the room. So we said, oh, my God, this definitely must be some type of electromagnetic frequency, and somehow it's being insulated because now it no longer works, right? But the other ones in the room were off the scale, so all this is kind of crazy exciting stuff. If you, if you take people, a group of people, and you put a cancer cells in an incubator, in a Petri dish, in a lab, and then some across at the Veterans Hospital at UCSD, a group of people and you have them focus on the cells getting better, just sending them the, the intent of getting better with love. All the healthy cells, nothing changes because they're healthy. Mm -hmm. But the cancer cells that are in the Petri dish have the same drop as if the ones that were had the change in the blood plasma, the information in the blood plasma that went down 70%, you see the same type of changes remotely. So the information is no longer in the material world. It's no longer in the blood. It's no longer a chemical. The information is being traveling through frequency because frequency carries information, and you're seeing these same biological effects on the cells at a remote location. It gets crazy and insane. Wow. Yeah. Guys, if you like this episode, please like and subscribe to the Heal Podcast. It just helps us to get the word out there and spread this powerful message. Dr. Joe D, share this episode. Everybody needs to know this. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Heal Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for more empowering wisdom and inspiring healing stories. And make sure you hit the follow button on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss that one episode that holds the answer you've been searching for. And please rate and review us so that we can grow and reach more people. Thanks so much and be well.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.